When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply get to, across to uh, Tony Johnson of course there was so much brought on over the weekend that you can almost uh, forget uh, about the All Blacks against Namibia it seems so long ago but uh, certainly uh, they got the job done convincingly 71 to 3 but of but great interest of course this morning was the fact that Australia lost to Fiji in uh, one of the big upsets I think in World Cup history uh, although Fiji might think differently it is a fantastic time to be talking rugby uh, and to be talking it with uh, one of the best commentators in the world, Tony Johnson. Uh, you can hear him on Sky Sport. Uh, good morning to you, Tony. Morning, Smithy. Uh, and I've got a question from Steve. Uh, why aren't you calling yeah. it the Rugby World Cup this year? <laughs> uh, well, I, I guess the short answer is because I'm here. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, just the cards card didn't fall for me this time, Smithy. But, uh, look, I've made, uh, you know, I've, uh, I've been to plenty of World Cups. Uh, yep. uh, you know, it's... There is a little bit of, you know, you feel like you're missing out a little bit, but, you know, I'm enjoying, you know, the NPC, and, of course, I'm watching, you know, from afar. It's fascinating and stuff. So, you know, that's the way the cookie crumbles, mate. No, okay. Um, uh, I, I can't believe it sometimes, uh, who they leave behind it. Uh, however, we'll, we shall move on. We shall move on, um, Tony. Uh, okay, you've called, as you say, a lot of World Cups, um, a lot of um, um, one-sided matches but um, and upsets as well, I would imagine. But what about to the level of Fiji beating Australia? Did you see this coming? Um, well... I don't want to sound like I'm some sort of smart Alex Smithy, but I, I did actually say before the tournament started, um, on uh, I, I was on TV3 one morning, I said I felt that they were saying any upsets, and I said, well, I felt that Fiji were capable of beating either one of Australia or Wales, or possibly even both. Um, mm-hmm. After they lost to Wales, and then losing Caleb Muntz, who to me is the sort of player you know teams need at a World Cup, very steady, very solid, very reliable goal kicker, I thought... Maybe not this time, but, um, you know, th- th- they came through. And look, I, I, it's not, to me, it's not on par with Japan beating South Africa uh, in, in the 2015 World Cup. It's still an upset because Australia, obviously, one of the, you know, former World Cup winner who is now in a situation where they have to contemplate having to beat Wales or they will miss out on the next round. But to me, the remarkable thing about this game Smithy, is that Fiji didn't necessarily do it the classic Fiji style. You know, we're mm. so used to them playing this incredible, expressive, athletic, skillful brand of rugby, outrageous passes. But they actually did the solid stuff really well. And this was one of the reasons why I felt, you know, that they would beat one of Australia or Wales, is that so many of their players have been playing for quite some time now in France uh, and other parts around the world where they've got now... Uh, a very deep understanding of the sort of structured rugby that needs to be played in situations like this. A lot of those forwards, and the other thing too is that we perhaps overlook about Fiji and uh, rugby players is that they're also technically excellent, and that's what we mm-hmm. saw. Um, but yeah, look, it was uh, it was it was a re- remarkable thing. I'm, you know, you got to feel very happy for them. I mean, Australia's in a real um, hole now. 
Um, but but Fiji, I think this is the result that the, it might not be the biggest upset of all time, but it's definitely a result that the World Cup needed. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I thought it was absolutely fantastic to watch, and a couple of Kiwis in there too: Daryl Gibson, Glenn Jackson. Yeah, and also Simon Rawalui, who um, is, is mm. well known here. And I, I, it's great for Simon because this is a guy who actually had to curtail his own. He, he missed out on a World Cup once because of uh, a, a contract that he had in Britain and they, the club wouldn't release him. So for him to come back and be able to do that, absolutely uh, sensational for him. The other <clears throat> interesting little uh, factoid there, Smithy, all the tries in the game were scored by Fijians. Mm, absolutely right. I hadn't thought of that. See, that's what we're missing. That's what we're missing, Tony. Right, okay, <laughs> let's get to... Uh, can we get to the All Blacks? Uh, 71-3 yep. over Namibia, predictable scoreline. A couple of issues to come out of it. Um, of course, uh, your gut feeling on the De Groot situation. That could be key if he gets three weeks. Yeah, well, you know, first and foremost, they got the job done, as you would expect them to do, Smithy. They played some good footy. It was a game they were never going to lose, but... Had they come out with a bumbling performance and, you know, a score, say, a margin of, of less than 30 points, well, then that just would have ramped up the pressure. So from that point of view, it was good. The big plus for me out of this game, Cam Roygaard, who surely now has to be the backup to Aaron Smith. You could even put up a case for him starting the big ones, but you know that the, the way they think that, that that's not going to happen. They'll go with Aaron Smith, but to me, Cam Roygaard, in this game showed the qualities that he can bring and he must be now for the big games the backup halfback mm-hmm. and of course the mm-hmm. big minus Ethan the group the red uh, to me not a lot of mitigation about it and I think we need to accept the fact he's going to miss the rest of the pool for sure and they've just got to hope that uh, well he's got to do the right thing he's got to wear a nice suit he's got to go in there and say that he's really really sorry he's got to have a smart lawyer I saw Steve Cottrell in the crowd I don't know where the cops is actually over there uh, just with a whole lot of his uh, legal mates having a having a nice look, or whether he's actually there on on duty. If he is working, then you couldn't have a better man in your corner. And and the hope has to be uh, that that they can you know limit the suspension so that maybe he only misses a, a, a couple of remaining pool games. Um, mm-hmm. Because even though he's he, he's not playing great. Um, although I think he was got got on the wrong side of the ref in the France game, I think the the ref fell for some old foxing by Antonio as opponent. But they they want him there, and and you know that that's the big minus. But the, the fact of the matter is, Smithy, it was definitely a red card, and and you just mm. got to be better than that. In terms of uh, the twenty three, and I'm looking quite a long way forward here. But I mean, we've we've got to we have to play our best side against Italy. I would imagine. I mean, we're, two weeks without rugby anyway. Uh, so, yeah. In terms of the twenty three, what do you, what would you do? Would you look at McKenzie in that balance too? Well, there's a, there's two or three days. Obviously, uh, if they can sort these injuries out and. I'm not sure that a big break like this between games is going to do them any good. They'll say, oh, it'll give us a chance to reset and what have you. Well, I I don't know. Uh, In past World Cups, when they've had gaps like this, it hasn't necessarily done them uh, a a lot of good. So they need to be on point. Italy, um, you know, they are a better team now than they have been. So, yes, I think it's going to take a strong team on the field. Hopefully, all the players that were injured are going to be fit for this game, and that includes, you know, Tyrell Lomax, uh, Shannon Frizzell, uh, Geordie Barrett. You'd expect them; they need a run. They would come back into the side if they were fit. 
Back three is an interesting one for me, Smithy, because Leicester playing Anuku brings this incredible power game um, and, and his ability to get the ball over the advantage line, which is really difficult to do uh, against the, you know, the way teams are set up at the moment. But the thing is, to put him on the left wing, well, what are you saying? That we're going to have to drop either Mark Jalea, who is just unstoppable, or Will Jordan? Or do you get really brave and put Will Jordan back at fullback? Now, I don't, I don't think they will. But, you know, if I had, you know, to me, that's something I wouldn't mind seeing them do. I just don't think they will do it. So that means they're going to have a big, tough call. McKenzie, to me, uh, yeah, in a game like this, you know, can very effective, brilliant. And, I, you know, you've got to have him on the bench, I would have thought, you know, because mm-hmm. of that ability to inject something out of the ordinary. But, I, yep. whether the, you know, the only place they would put him, I think, at the moment would be at fullback. And are they prepared to sort of say to Bowden Barrett, sorry, mate, we're, not, we're just not happy with what you're bringing at the moment and, and we're going to make a change? I don't know, Smithy. It's, it's, you're you ba- balancing up what we'd like to see or what we think we'd like to see with the knowledge of how they think. And, and sometimes they're a little bit different, aren't they? They are, and uh, as you say, they're very faithful and at times to a point of stubbornness. Um, but I also need to ask you then about a game plan. What, what kind of game plan would you be thinking uh, quarterfinal-wise? I mean, you know, are we going to be a little bit more free in our thinking? Are we going to kick the ball less, to be honest? Well, I think they've just got to be, first of all, they've got to be careful. Um, you know, the discipline side of it, you know, the referees are on a bit of a hunt. Um, and I, I I do think the All Blacks especially have to watch it. I think all the, the whining and complaining about what the All Blacks were supposedly getting away with over that, you know, 10-year period when they were so dominant, I think that gained some traction. So they're not going to get away with anything. I think they do have to adjust their kicking game. To me, in the first half against France, it actually worked quite well. They were running the French around and they had them... To, you know, a lot of hands on hips, and I think if that uh, first half had gone on another five or ten minutes, I mean, they would have had uh, they would have had defibrillators out there. But um, it, it, they just didn't do it as well in the second half. Made a couple of mistakes. So I think discipline is the key. I think they do have to be more judicious with their kicking game. I just and and to me, if if, if you know they want to bend. Um, the advantage line or bend the defence, then maybe you do have to bring in someone like Leicester Flamer and because you know that he, he is going to do that. He's going to put a dent in it. So I think they should be back at full strength for the Italy game. Uh, and then after mm-hmm. that, well, you know, it just depends how the cards fall. South Africa's interesting, Smithy. Um, mm-hmm. Mate, I, I see they've um, pulled Andre Pollard in. Um, we fully expected that they'd probably send one of their halfbacks home with some sort of injury once Pollard got fit. But they've used him as a replacement for Malcolm Marks, which leaves them with only one specialist hooker, which is which is interesting. They've got a couple of part-timers there, but how's that for a bit of thinking outside the square? Well, this is also uh, the same coach that had a, what, a 7-1 bench split as well. Um, and yeah. we all thought, oh, that's interesting. Um, but in the end, it worked out for him. Uh, but you're right. Yeah. I mean, you don't want your specialist to go down in the first... Uh, two or three minutes, as can happen um, with lineouts and, and scrummaging the core roles, so important. So it'll be interesting to keep an eye on that, but Pollard, yeah. Um, and, and I didn't think they had been too badly served, actually. I thought Ludic had played pretty well. I thought they had uh, yeah. some nice cover there. Yeah, he's capable of doing... He's got an incredible talent. Uh, but I think once it gets into the business end of the tournament, uh, if you've got a choice, it's Pollard. I mean... 
you know, to me, like I, I sort of think back to um, the last two World Cups. I mean, to me, that, that's the sort of player that you need. I, I, Pollard is a, is a quality operator, and and they're just going to have to hope that you know Dion uh, Fury and I think Van Staden's the other one who they play as flankers, yeah. but they can hook. Um, that if Bongi and Benambi goes down, uh, that that could cause a bit of a eruption. But yeah, I, I, to me, um, South Africa. So far in this tournament, they they've been they've been pretty impressive. Um, they look like you know, and that's why you know we really didn't want them to the All Blacks to lose that game uh, against France mm-hmm. because to me I I think South Africa will beat Ireland and 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 we'll end up playing them in the quarterfinals. Oh, okay, right. Well, talk of, talking of impressive, you have been working uh, around the NPC uh, scene as well, and uh, Wellington have uh, been pretty damned impressive, and, and uh, this is shaping up quite nicely. This comp. So I actually reckon, uh, and, and maybe I'm being a little bit biased here because, uh, you know, this has been my focus of attention. Uh, apart from yesterday, I had to pull out of the uh, the Tasman game with what your wife and my wife would both describe as a serious case of man flu. Um, but, Ooh. yeah, I know, I know. I, I'm, I'm, I've got off my death, deathbed to talk to you, Smithy. Um, <laughs> but, no, look. It's, it's it, to me. This has actually been a fantastic NPC, and, and and all we read about it, you know, that newspapers or websites or whatever they are, you know, who if they put as much energy into actually covering the games than they do commenting on the lack of fans at the games, then maybe it, it wouldn't be in such a rut. But to me, this has been a, a fun in terms of the you know turnouts, etc. But to me, it's, mm. you think about some of the games we've had, some of the things that have happened in the last two weeks. I've called Manawatu beating Auckland at Eden Park for the first time since 1981. Uh, there's been a succession of thrilling last-minute decisions, including mm. last week when uh, Counties Manukau beat Canterbury. I think it was for the first time since 2016. Did it at the death with their third-string goal kicker, landing a sideline mm. conversion for the win. There've been I I can't remember how many games I think we've had about fifty games and over twenty of them have been decided by eight points or less and a good mm. half dozen if not more have been decided in the very last minute so it's actually been um, you know there's been some terrific ex- exciting sort of outcomes and, and and matches but yeah you're right at the top of it all Wellington uh, played eight won eight. Points differential plus 133, 37 points. They have got the bit between their teeth. They are eyeing that double again, Smithy. And, you know, you'd be brave to back against them at the moment. Such is the, the, the commitment to the job that they're doing. Um, and mm. you've got to credit to Tamadi Ellison for the way he has. We all know what Wellington have been like in the past. Always capable of playing fantastic rugby and spirited and passionate and skillful and all that sort of thing. But he's brought some structure to their game as well without compromising the things that they love to do as footy players. So all I can say is uh, they have been super impressive and there's quite a decent gap now between them and Canterbury in second place. TJ, always great to catch up with you, mate. Uh, love those opinions uh, on the All Blacks in particular. And, uh, yeah, Fiji over Australia, real highlight uh, for me. And... Uh, poor old Eddie. Uh, hey, cheers, uh, TJ, and um, we'll catch up again shortly, I hope. Thank you for your time Did this you morning. Did you say poor old Eddie with a straight face then, Smithy? No, it wasn't straight at all, actually. It wasn't. <laughs> Good on you, mate. <laughs> cheers, buddy. Thanks. Uh, Tony Johnson with us here this morning, uh, summarising uh, the weekend of rugby. You said NPC is shaping up very, very nicely. Who's going to take that shield 
off off Wellington. I'm not sure anyone's is this year. I think North Harbour have a crack next in Hawke's Bay. Oh, I don't know. 